0: hello and welcome to another episode of Southside trap podcast the podcast that helps you stay on side with the chicago red stars it's your girl sandra here today to recap the chicago red stars draw against new jersey new york gotham fc we're also going to look ahead and preview the match against houston dash and in between we're also going to discuss some news that will eventually impact the chicago red stars there's a lot to get through today couldn't do it alone no one can ever do anything alone so I'm here today with my friend homie and colleague Claire Watkins aka the scam originator Claire how you doing today
1: I'm good it's a beautiful day
0: I missed you man I was uh away for a little bit took like a a quick step away went camping in Michigan as some Chicagoans do during the Labor Day weekend so that was semi-delightful But now it's back to business and chat about some things before we get into actual Chicago Red Stars game day type of stuff. Let's chat a little bit about some news. We've got expansion draft rules that got dropped for everyone to take a look at 2022 Angel City FC, San Diego NWSL joining the league. Just looking at it on paper, it's not going to be easy. The current teams, with the exception of Kansas City, who are exempt from this expansion draft. So there are nine clubs who will be participating, including the Chicago Red Stars. And clubs get to protect nine players only in this one. Uh Gonna be some real weird vibes. Because when you take a little bit of a deeper dive in some of these rules that they put out, there were already like some question marks around some things, but I think the biggest vibe about it is that it's just, it's just going to, it's just going to be weird, especially when you're looking at the, the U S allocated player aspect of it, that uh, only one player can be selected uh, by the expansion clubs from these teams. Uh, But there's, that's going to impact some other teams, specifically the Red Stars who have a handful of allocated players Uh, on their team so kind of feeling a little bit worse about this one quite frankly uh, then Chicago was in the position against Louisville I think looking a little bit back on things I kind of feel like this expansion draft feels a little bit scarier for lack of better phrasing than maybe the one did (laughs) with Louisville and when you're looking back at sort of the moves that were made with racing Louisville ahead of something like this one. I kind of feel like things were done a little bit backwards. I kind of feel like if you were going to make some type of move for any type of roster protection that it probably should have been for this upcoming expansion draft. What are your thoughts, Claire?
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't think I will say I've seen a lot of people really focus in on the nine players versus 11 player difference. And that doesn't feel that different to me. Honestly, I think when you look at all of the different factors in terms of desirability for expansion teams. I don't think that the extra two players makes that big of a difference. The thing, I mean, I think this expansion draft rule is, um, I think the whole thing's a mess to be completely honest. Cause I think that it's harsh on the existing teams. And I also think it's not going to be that useful for the teams coming in. So it's a weird mix of things. They can only take one allocated player each Um, though we obviously have some, I mean, obviously Angel City has already signed Kristen press, so they have one top line player. I know San Diego is working on their first premier signing, but, um, I think, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think the thing that makes it particularly difficult is that the way this is set up is to avoid the expansion teams being able to take too many bodies, but they have the opportunity to take your best. And so I think that that is the thing that makes it complicated. And so for a team like Chicago, who quite frankly has had a bloated allocation list for years, it makes it tough because they made the move to protect their allocated players last time, which is what Sandra was talking about. And so now you have, after a season where to be quite frank, your allocated players are the ones who have been showing up for you every game day if one of those gets gets taken because you can only protect one and you've already moved all of your assets to um protect those players last year you lose a player that you maybe can't afford to lose because i think we've talked about this you know chicago has players that are replaceable right now but those aren't the ones that angel city or san diego are going to want so um i don't know i mean nothing shocking I just think that it's like it just kind of is what it is. Chicago has a couple very desirable players, and they can only protect one of them. And they don't have a first-round draft pick in this upcoming draft. They don't have some of these other assets. They were given an extra international slot. Don't know what they're going to do with that. Um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see.
0: A lot of I'm trying, I'm
1: trying not to get I'm trying not to get like too frustrated by it until it happens. But why not? Uh, a lot of unknowns
0: for now right now it's just like initial reactions i think to to the actual rules because for a little while there uh, it was just kind of like what's it going to look like what's it going to happen because there have been expansion drafts in the past we've seen chicago participate in them um whether it was houston or orlando and then with racing but this was going to be the first year that there's an expansion draft there are two clubs entering the league at the same time. So there was a lot of curiosity there. Um, so this was just like, maybe just like first initial reactions to that because now there are actual rules in place. Uh, so if people are interested in uh, definitely check out uh, the league site, they went ahead and they posted the release of what that's going to look like and defining certain things.
1: When you talk about rules. I mean, the thing that I also don't fully get is They're doing this before they get A CBA ratified. They're doing this expansion draft. They're doing this before we find out what happens with the U.S. women's national team CBA at the end of this calendar year, which is currently being negotiated. There have been rumblings that the allocation system, the federation allocated system, might go away. So you have this double expansion draft with these particular rules for U.S. allocated players. Maybe they get picked up by a team or they get kept by a team. And then those players are going to all move around anyway because only certain teams are going to be able to afford them. So sorry guys I'm trying I'm I am a little bit just like I don't know what we're doing here I what really, does it all mean what are we doing yeah exactly
0: what does it all mean it means
1: nothing is the thing like it it means everything and it also doesn't mean anything at all so I don't know we'll see
0: the simulation is active and we're all in it and if there happens to be a push of the reset button guess what we will be back here talking yes, about it. exactly <laughs> If someone we'll be, says someone says psych okay we'll be yeah. like all right we gotta all talk right. yeah we gotta talk about it again yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about it again uh yeah so that's that's the initial news folks uh it came out um that will happen honestly pretty quickly it's gonna be happening in december after the uh nwcl championship concludes on november 20th so it's it's gonna come uh sooner than you think and we'll probably have to take a deeper dive into things uh closer to that uh, but on the other bit of uh, news dump side of things that kind of uh, impacts Chicago Red Stars, the United States Women's National Team has a series, a number of friendlies that are coming up in September and October, just sort of zeroing in on the September friendlies that will be taking place on the 16th and the 21st in the great state of Ohio, the native land of Claire Watkins. Uh, oh baby i'm wearing um, a shirt that says ohio right now <laughs> proudly so it's it's black with bright yellow letters you love to see it um so cincinnati and cleveland where the games are going to be taking place but uh in this uh, announcement for the training camp rosters that will be taking place starting on september 14th for these games um the the roster that was released obviously was very heavy with the um tokyo olympians uh that went overseas this summer to compete for the bronze medal um but there's also been the inclusion of some some nwsl players uh and that also includes mallory Pugh, uh sophia smith and andy sullivan so when we're looking at the roster we're going to see a few red stars in the mix for these friendlies Tierna davidson casey krueger on the defensive side of things and now Malpew. Alyssa Nair is also going to be a part of this camp, but only as an evaluation process in terms of where she's at in the rehabilitation of her her knee injury. And Julie Ertz is out uh, completely for these friendlies, which uh, makes a lot of sense because she has pretty much been out completely since returning from the Olympics. But honestly, I was really excited about the the, the big three there from the NWSL side of things getting included on this roster. Um, yes, this is a Chicago Red Stars podcast and we're very excited for Mel Pugh um, after sort of seeing the performances that she's been putting in this season with Chicago and getting that call up. Um, but honestly, watching somebody like Sophia Smith as well in this league, watching somebody like Andy Sullivan putting together what she's, what she's been doing for the spirit has also been incredibly dope as well. And I'm excited for them uh, to sort of kind of get back into the mix.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I think that what we've seen is again, right? This is a Chicago red stars podcast, but for the U S women's national team, the timeline for these four games was always going to be the Olympians. Cause that's contractually obligated. They have a contract that says that they get priority for the four games. Well, you know, not in name, right. But sort of victory ish tour, um, after the Olympics that comes with bonuses, it comes with money. So that is just part of the money-making opportunities for the U S women's national team per cycle. They have a number of injuries, right? Um, I don't know again, like for coming into camp versus not coming into camp and all of that sort of stuff. But um, I think it's great. I think that obviously you're just looking at Sophia Smith, Mallory Pugh, and Andy Sullivan. I think Vlad Komandonovsky basically was saying, you know, we need players who have been playing regularly with their clubs because they're gonna have to step in and play a little bit. Um, I don't think these games are gonna be full tilt in any way, shape, or form, but I think that it is good to see that those are on the top line of his mind. Obviously, Sophia Smith is having a very good year. Uh, Mallory Pugh is having a very good year. And Andy Sullivan is having the same year that she always has, which is very good. Um, So, yeah, I think that's great. I will say that in terms of Julie Ertz, um, the thought that I had before this roster drop was I was like, man, if she is playing in these games, there's a problem. And so I, I don't know if it's like good news or bad news that she's not, but it is at least consistent news. So I think that there's that. So there is some consistency to where she's at. I don't know what to make of the fact that she's not going in to be evaluated. I mean, it sounds to me like Nair is trying to come back as soon as she possibly can and might be closer to that. Um, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with Julia. It's I think that, I mean, we talked about this. They got to be ready for just about anything, I think coming from. From her. So um yeah, great to see. I think that the forwards will play because there are a lot of forwards out. And I think that Pew is ready. And I really hope she doesn't get hurt.
0: <laughs> Same. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> you said the magic words yeah. to that one. Um, I think something else like within the release is obviously it, it includes uh general quotes from um. You know, head coach Blacko Andonovski, and again, we we've talked a lot about. Uh this particular coach and his, when he was appointed to this position. And and one of the the big positives that I think a lot of us were excited about in his background was the fact that he was, you know, a coach that was poached from, from NWSL. And so he's got um, a background in the domestic league and understands the importance of that. So even within some of his um, press release quotes, uh, he alluded to that. He was like, we need the players who are performing well with their NWSL clubs who are fit in form and have been putting together consistent performances. Uh, But even within that, these teams are in the midst of like a playoff push right now for club. So they are going to be available for selection, but their minutes will also be managed as well. Um, Which obviously makes a lot of sense. I mean, just considering this, this, these particular friendlies that are coming up in september and October are kind of going to be viewed as like the you know olympic tour stops
1: exhibitions right i mean they're, they're
0: hey i'm never trying to be disrespectful to to the teams that they're playing against especially when they're latin american clubs because i always get up uh extra extra hype for those types of games myself okay. personally um but they're going up against uh paraguay so going up against a team like Paraguay that uh you know, maybe hasn't had a lot of time together. Right. It's a. It's two. We got two different types of teams, y'all. That's right. So yeah, that's yeah. just kind of the vibe. That's that's kind of um, you know uh, that I think both these teams are going to be taking into the into the same match. Like obviously, Paraguay is going to be uh, very excited to be playing against the top ranked team in the world. That's an experience that we hear so often from teams in those positions. How they get very excited about uh, having that opportunity. And then you also have the United States side of the team that also gets excited about playing teams that they don't maybe frequently see, right? Um, and possibly being presented with different challenges because they don't see those teams as often. So um, it'll probably feel and look a certain type of way. And I think if Mal Pugh is going to be called in a certain type of camp for a certain type of teams, uh, I, I guess I'm I'm glad that it's uh, it's this one. So good luck to all the Chicago Red Stars uh, national teamers. Hope they get out to Ohio and have some fun. But let's get down to the nitty gritty business of Chicago Red Stars game day. Chicago Red Stars coming off of a 0-0 draw against Gotham FC. Claire, we've been talking about it for the last few weeks, quite frankly. It's the playoffs right now, like for yeah. us, like in the zone. And we highlighted and circled some things on the schedule for the Chicago Red Stars. And I think this was one of those games when we were talking about it in the preview a little bit where it's like, you got to come away with a win in this one. And they didn't get it. They left some points on the table. This was the third and final meeting between these two sides uh, in the regular season. So that means if it comes down to tiebreakers, uh, Gotham FC has achieved that with the immediate head-to-head. And if it does come down to goal differential, Gotham might have that as well because Chicago has not done themselves any favor on the goal differential side of things. Um, But for now, there's still X amount of games left. And the Chicago Red Stars did not lose this one. They still managed to scrape away a point. But I think maybe more importantly, what happened on the pitch in between the lines on this day? Let's take a look at the personnel and how they decided to line up against Gotham FC on the road. They went ahead and had Cassie Miller in net for the back line. They had Aaron Wright, Tierna Davidson, Sarah Gordon. Casey Krueger. So we out the defense, Sarah Waldmore, Morgan, uh, Morgan <clears throat> Oh, excuse me, you all Sarah Woldmore, Katie Johnson, Mal Pew, Rachel Hill and Kalia Watt to so run out there starting 11. i not going to front. It's a starting 11 that we've been pretty familiar with over the last few weeks. Was excited to see somebody like Katie Johnson still get that start after putting in the performances that she has been putting in for this team. And uh, other than that, those were really my initial reactions to it. I was happy to see Tierna Davidson and Sarah Gordon once again, lining up together in the center back duo. Uh, but again, just looked like a starting 11 that could have been capable of, you know, producing a result. And essentially they did.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, there's something to be said for the fact that Chicago hasn't lost in a while, um, you know, taking in league play, right. They haven't lost since that game to North Carolina. Um they've been successfully playing in the positives on their end, right? Defensively, they've been playing games real close, right? That North Carolina game was one, nothing Louisville was one, one. They didn't give up any goals against Kansas city got on the positive end of that. And then now this one as well, uh, another clean sheet. So I think that if you look at getting like closer to the Chicago red stars, ideal, which is practically this game, except you score a goal, Um, they're getting there. They really are. You know, you look for positives that that exists. The games have to be quite close. And so um, I think that that is good. Uh, Was really happy to see Vanessa DiBernardo in the 18. I think that was like my main takeaway was really happy to see that player coming back. When you see someone out that long with a head injury, it's very hard to tell if they're being overly cautious or if this is something that maybe predicates them not coming back at all this year, you know? And so you and you yeah. always want to be really, really careful with that. So um was happy to see her, Thought Katie Johnson deserved the start. And yeah, I mean, I don't know. They're the Chicago Red Stars. They,
0: they are. Yeah. It's so funny that this came down to a zero zero draw because it absolutely was the vibe of like, they are not even who we thought they were. Like they are who we have known them to be. Basically, the Chicago Red Stars seem... Came out, put together a good starting 11. They went on the road, um, took on a Gotham FC side, which quite frankly, they have not had the easiest of times uh, against when they have faced off against them in in recent years. Um, There was a coaching, you know, move that was made. We talked about that with the appointment of Scott Parkinson, but he he was unavailable for this uh, match. Um, So it wasn't like a real kind of opportunity to see like that, that head coaching battle head to head. Um, But just sort of watching this team kind of come out and do what they've done before in the past, sort of kind of really take it to the opposition very very early. We saw them get some opportunities in the opening 15 minutes. I mean, gosh, uh, Casey Kruger with that off the post shot very very early on. um, Really good combination play, quite frankly, with with Pew watching Katie jo- uh, Katie Johnson get in, involved with with Kalia Watt, whose work rate was like a lot in this match. Uh, I think that was also maybe a little bit of uh, the, the painful side of 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 this with that it a zero zero draw, that, that this team wasn't able to get the goal watching this type of game from Kalia Watt and how active she was uh, in this match. I think, you know, maybe if it's earlier in the season and not in the later part of the season where it's go time and you don't have a lot of time to sit and stew about a performance like that, uh, maybe you're like, gosh, you know, you can't believe that like something didn't go in and maybe you dwell on it, but I don't get the vibe from this team right now that they're going to dwell on that type of, uh, result or lack of actual goals, goal production. Uh, when the attack itself was present in this game, it wasn't, wasn't lacking.
1: I'm not entirely sure. I agree with that. Actually. I think that, um, I agree that the, the action was there, right. Especially in that first half and they looked really good. And after the game, they said, they absolutely said, you know, they feel good about the performance. They felt good about the energy. They felt good about the cohesion. I think the forward line is pissed. Actually. (laughs) I think (laughs) they're (laughs) annoyed. I do. I really do. I think that Kalia Watt hates games like that. I think that I, I just, I do. And so I think that like, I I know that the mantra is we keep working and the goals will come, and I think that they do believe that. But at yeah. the same time, I think it's driving them crazy. I think it's driving Malpew nuts.
0: Do you think that like you want to be like a fly on the wall in some of these in some of these meetings? And like a little looking, bit, yeah. And like looking think, at the XG, and they're like, yeah. wait a minute. <laughs>
1: No, or even just like, I wonder if they do. They have the conversation after the match is over and they're like, okay, we have a lot of positives. We'll take this and move on. But you've got these forwards yeah. that are just like, okay,
0: you know? Yeah. Especially in that first half, man. Right, like, right. even just in that first half alone, it was just kind of like, you just maybe kind of felt like one was going to come. And then all of a sudden, it's 90 minutes and the whistle blows and it just like never happens.
1: It is also one of those things, too, where when it's all happening, in a team sort of way where this is something that Rory said after the match, where it was like, you know, the not taking of the chances, there are degrees to that. And some of that is you have a player who gets in behind and gets in on goal and flubs it, or you have like really nice cohesive team play and it just doesn't result in a goal. But I also wonder a little bit, like with the forwards and stuff, I'm like, if they knew how to fix this, it would be kind of fixed by now in terms of that final product, the shot on the goal, you know,
0: true and not unfair uh to to analyze and critique i mean also just sort of also thinking about how like the attack was spearheaded at times like through the or by the midfield quite frankly like watching another ridiculously good game from somebody like Morgan Gatrov yeah, and like being this connector and like literally being not the thread and the needle, quite right. frankly. Like cruiser
1: too. Very effective on the watching
0: icos. her get into involved into this attack, which which quite frankly is like that has been like the thing that people want to utilize when critiquing Casey Kruger's game, they're like, she's a fantastic defender. She's more than capable at outside back, but not really, because if you're going to be an outside back, you have to be outstanding at both defensive recovery and the attack. And a lot of people want to hang that over that particular player's head and say, like, maybe she's not super dynamic in the attack, but like you're looking at a game like this when you're kind of watching what she's doing and you're just like, damn, like yeah. make it happen. Something soccer gods. And it just kind of, it just kind of didn't. Um, and even with maybe some moments of like, early yellows because it kind of came out kind of early in this one. they came around the half hour mark on both sides of the ball carly lloyd getting, ball, yeah uh, Car- carly lloyd getting one and um
1: she was on another one too that was another yeah. carly Ener- Lloyd energy. kind of a game <laughs> especially in the first half you were like it's actually really funny and again sorry this isn't about chicago but i i love watching carly lloyd in these games because she is constantly working the ref yeah. and so it's like either it goes one of two ways either the ref kind of is like, yes, Carly Lloyd, you are my friend and advocate, and we are going to work through this together. Or the ref is like Carly Lloyd. No. (laughs) (laughs) And that was the ladder. We got the ladder in this game. And that was good for Chicago because if the ref had decided to sort of let that yeah. gamesmanship happened. It might have been a different conversation.
0: And like a couple minutes later, like Morgan Mort- Kachuck gets her so own kind of yeah, Like right. I was like, yeah, okay, yeah. man. Like watching this, I was like, all right, it was a, it was a little bit funny. But they they close out that first half, zero zero, and then going into the second half, Carly Lloyd's still doing things. I got them. I I guess on the other side of this, we could talk about maybe you can maybe say that it was like an even match in that sense, because it's not like in the second basketball. half, for sure. In the, yeah. in the second half, I just kind of felt like they definitely got more involved, you know, in terms of trying to create something for themselves or on, or on their own. Um, but it just, it, it's, it's these games leave you, you're not incorrect. Dude. These games leave are left with like feeling frustrated because this is the type of film that you're going to go back and look on, look back at, or in our case, like maybe we watch the highlights. Right. And we're just kind of like how and why. Right. And it's just like not happen, And it's uh, frustrating to have that particular kind of game, perhaps in the timing of the schedule in which it took place where, you know, us covering the team at this point in the season, we're in the mentality mentality and the mindset of, it's go time, it's playoffs. Every single game from here on out is gonna be the game, quite frankly, especially when you're looking at these particular matches where the against teams that are um so narrow in the standings where really positions like three to six for playoff standings are so clogged.
1: Well, and in Chicago's defense, and I mean, like literally in Chicago's defense, nobody else won games over the weekend, either. It was all ties. So there wasn't any real separation. Um, So I think that that, you know, we're talking about the issues with Chicago not getting separation, but they're not alone in that. And so they ended, they started the weekend in playoff position and they ended it in playoff position. Um, So there's, there's that as well.
0: There is that. Let's look ahead a little bit then on that. That's a good transition point. Well, one.
1: actually, I have one final thing I do want to say about yeah. the end of the game. And if you look at the XG um, map over the course of the minutes, Chicago hit a hard plateau around the yes. 60th minute of this game.
0: The hour mark.
1: Yeah, around the hour mark, both teams just ground to a complete halt. No, really almost no XG generated by either either club. And that I do think also is an issue and this will be an issue maybe in a possible playoff game or or anything like that, which is the, and we know this a little bit, you know, they bring Vanessa DiBernardo on, which is great. She's got to get her minutes back. They're staring down an interesting personnel decision between her and Katie Johnson, I would say, um, because both players have done better as starters than as subs this year. Um, But they don't really have, or they're not utilized. I don't know. They're game changers. I don't know if that, if they exactly have that, and Gotham didn't either, but Gotham's got a pretty extensive extensive injury report right now, um, so I don't know. You know, you bring Mackenzie Doniak on late in a game, right? And that is definitely a forward with fresh legs. But what else is she bringing that your for, for a starting forward line was not? And I'm not entirely sure what the answer is to that. Um, you know, you they don't have a player that they come in who is like particularly pacey and the whole goal is just to run, run, run against a back line, you know, to stretch things or anything like that. They don't have those role players coming in at the end of a game. And so I think that that was also indicative of of just kind of how the last half hour of that game played out, which was very even just because neither team generated much attack at
0: all. I just... <laughs> I just like look at this type of game and then not look at just this game, but look at this part, these two particular teams as like the series in this regular season. They're very and similar. Of, and sort United of, States, thank yeah. you. and sort yeah, of what yeah. came out between these two sides and how they had played against each other and what the outcomes were. Um, and just honing in on the Chicago part of things because this is a Red Stars podcast but just still sort of left with, with all the same stuff that we've been left with this season, dude. And we've talked about it a lot this year, how we don't know what the Chicago red star story is. And we don't know what the narrative is around this team. Um, And here we are at this point of the season and it's like still yet to have been written. Um, And this is another one of those games that we're left with where it's still i won't say not contributing to the lack of that but it's not pushing the needle one way or the other right so that's just kind of where i'm at on that that's a great that's a great point to bring up about the xg and especially around the hour mark again for both of these teams and it's just kind of like it just sort of like levels out um and then you look at the other results around the league that weekend where they were all draws. And it's just kind of like, well, okay, maybe it was just that kind of week. Right. So I don't know if that's going to echo similarly into this next week coming up. Um, but I think this is another one of those games, right? This is another one of those games against another one of those teams for Chicago, that when you're looking down the barrel of the remaining games of this season, you're looking at a team where this is going to be the second uh, meeting between these two sides. You have another game remaining uh, against them. And Houston is also another team that is uh, on the outside looking in and trying to make their own playoff push. Um, and I got to believe that they're looking at a team like Chicago and being like, this is a team that we're going to be stealing points off of. Right. And have to, uh, when you're talking about getting into tiebreakers and, and, and things like that. So I'm a little bit like, how is Chicago going to look? How are they going to play? How are they going to feel, uh, facing off against the Houston dash on the road in Houston, where quite frankly, they haven't had great games on the road against Houston. They're, Chicago is frequently, like many other teams, um, including the other teams in the league in this, have looked like a team that when they get into Houston, it they look the way they feel when they're oh, playing right. a game in Houston. It's high, it sweaty, high right. it's high, it's sweaty, you get girls. And I'm just kind of wondering if we're going to possibly see a little bit of a similar vibe in this game that we saw against Gotham. Well, we do see that little bit of a plateau, maybe, right. at the hour mark. I don't know. What are you going to be looking for in this game, dude?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I. You know, the funny thing is, you know, we were just ragging on on the point that Chicago got in New Jersey, but it wouldn't be a bad point, I think, if they yep. went down to Houston and 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 got a point. Um, you know, Chicago. You do talk about those tiebreakers, right? Chicago's lost to Houston once, so if they drop another result, that's the tiebreak, and those are important. Because, you know, Rory Dame said after the Gotham match, she was like, well, you know, Gotham's got a game in hand, but we're three points ahead of them. And I'm like, great. But if you're tied, they have the tie break. <laughs> um, so that's where you got to start thinking about those things as well. Um, but you get a tie, you can, you push it back. You got one more home game, I think against Houston. And so then you, yes, that they have to, cause the last one was away. So they, their final game against Houston is at home. You put yourself up to get that tie break. Right. So just get the points, get out if it turns into a slog, it turns into a slog. You never know exactly what kind of Houston team's going to show up. You don't know exactly what's going on with their defense. They just added, obviously a very high profile player, which has pushed one of their very good center backs onto the bench. Um, so yeah, I don't know. So that is, so I like, you know, I was ragging on point on, on draws, but I don't think it would be the end of the world if this one was a tie.
0: No, I don't disagree with you on that either. I think uh, putting it in perspective where it's like, oh, this is like the second meeting between this these two sides versus like the final meeting between right, these two. Exactly. Obviously, it has a little bit of a, a different twist. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't be shocked to maybe see the team walk away with like a, like, if they could get a narrow win, hey, great, right? Like one, one zip, right? But if it's like one of those, weird games where it turns out that Chicago does get on the board and then Houston does what they do, which is like reserve a lot of things in the tank to kind of close things out in the last 15 minutes and make a team pay and snatch away a game of points. Um, I could see that happening too, quite frankly. Um, but I think it'll, it probably will come down to a couple of the center back duos. I think in this game, quite frankly,
1: yeah, because Houston Houston's given games away late too, as well. They've, struggled to sometimes they have struggled sometimes to close things out. So again, you talk about subs and available yeah. subs and who could be useful to yeah. Chicago late. Um, I expect them to rely on their defense. I just, you know, it's that same thing where you take care of it, the availability of Danny Colaprico will be a factor if they can yeah. do, um, Dual sixes, right? Sometimes they like to start away matches out with the double six so that you just are really set up defensively and then you can grow into the game from there. Um, if they don't have Colaprico or Vanessa DiBernardo Bernardo for more minutes, then they have fewer options to be able to do that. Um, I expect it just to be a very defensive game. I just think it's going to be very defensively minded. And um, I think Tina Davidson and Sarah Gordon have been playing very well together for the last couple of games. And so well, you know, my no, yeah, yeah, it wasn't their fault. I was thinking, I was for a second, I was like, Ebony salmon and then I was like, no way, that wasn't their fault. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, so I think you trust them and you build, you build from there. And this is another thing, too, where having Casey Kruger back will be very advantageous against Houston, which likes to push things wide and punish <laughs> you on the wings.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Casey Kruger against this Houston dash team will absolutely make a difference (laughs) in this game. I think full stop. I know, um, I said that like, I expect like the center back duos to, to have an impact in this game. And I still think that, but totally in agreement with you. I do think it might come down to the defenses for sure. And it'll be curious. I'll be curious to see, um, how involved in the attacks they also get as well. Um, and that really might kind of, Kind of be the difference maker. Speaking of defenses, I've been yelling a lot recently since I came back from vacation, <clears throat> and I think that's a good way to close things out on this one since uh, we're previewing things and, and getting uh, to, to you know, the show here. But I was, I sat down, I took, I sat down in the office, the old office, and I was like, let me take a look at some like stats and like get fully recapped on some of these games and, and take a look at some numbers and stuff like that. And I just. Was like looking at all of this great stuff and seeing what's been come the performances that have been coming out from Sarah Gordon in particular at the center back position for this team because that's really who she has been for this team in in 2021, and she is tied for most minutes in the league, and she is absolutely leads all defenders in the league for most minutes played, leads in consecutive starts with 18 has somehow produced 150 recoveries in between all that and I'm just like appalled quite frankly at like how little recognition that that's getting um so I'm just sort of like in the mind frame where I'm just like yeah let's like talk about it some more so I I am looking forward to probably what will be another important game for for Sarah Gordon she has been very very clutch for this team this year
1: yeah I said this I said this before the PSG game at the women's Cup which is you know they highly rotated right big 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 rotation between the Louisville game and the PSG game at the Women's Cup, but the player that they needed to hold everything together was Sarah Gordon, and I think I I think I said this you know you look at all of the different starting 11s for the team over the Challenge Cup and the early regular season and the Olympic period and you know like a game against PSG in the Women's Cup, they rely on Sarah Gordon's consistency immensely immensely and it's not just that she is consistent. It's that she is available. She is healthy. She is a consummate professional and she has been asked to play multiple roles. not only, and I like not only outside versus inside, but you know, she's not the biggest player in the world. And so she's been asked to play like strong side and weak side center back, depending on who she's paired with. And so It's a luxury to be able to sub center backs in and out, especially when you have someone like Turner Davidson, who is in and out with the U S women's national team, but you have to have someone really consistent in order to have the luxury to do that. And that person has been Sarah Gordon. And that is just true. So I thought she should have, I honestly, when I was looking at that PSG lineup, I was like, I think Sarah Gordon should be captaining this squad, but
0: you know, Forever and ever. Amen. We're going to leave you all with that. Stay tuned for more from us, folks. Uh, We'll be we'll be here with you uh, chatting and uh, recapping everything Chicago Red Stars for you, as always. If you have enjoyed uh, what we chatted about here or on previous episodes, I just want to let you know there's a ton of ways to continue your support of uh, our work here and the best and most direct way to do that is via our patron at Southside Trab Patron. So go ahead and uh, check that out. Take a look, find a subscription that works for you. We have tiers that start from $2 all the way to $25 with all different kinds of perks. So go ahead and uh, please check those out when you get a chance. If supporting financially is something that you're unable to do at the moment, we get it. Things are hard all over. I just want to remind you that there's a lot of different other ways to go ahead and continue your support of our work and you can do that by following us on social media channels like Twitter or Instagram at uh, Southside charpod with one letter P. You can find us on streaming services like Spotify, Anchor, iTunes. Go ahead and find us. Subscribe. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. A good review, hopefully. That stuff helps us out so much whenever we're continuing our work and producing episodes for you all. I just wanted to remind you all to hang in there. Things are tough. Still a pandemic going on. Wear your mask when you are asked. Get vaccinated if you are able. Wash your hands. Wash your face. Wash your everything. Continue your support of Black Players, Black Life. And we will be back with you all next week with another episode.